Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And we are entering the off season with a bang in Columbus. And no, I'm not talking about Boomer. Laura, you and I have something in common, and it puts us in a different league than Brad Larson, and it's that you and I both have a job. <laughs> that we do. <laughs> oh, man. I tell you what. We've spent probably the last three to four weeks, Laura, and maybe even longer. Let's call it what it is. Asking each other with desperation before we got on the airwave, what in God's name are we going to talk about? And the Columbus Blue Jackets and Yarmo Kekalainen felt for us for that period of time and decided to make it so that the first episode of the offseason when we're grieving a Blue Jacket season that was frankly like hard to watch at times, um, the gift that we received for going through that is having content for our first off-season episode. So this is exciting. I mean, it's exciting times, sad times, bittersweet times, but good for the show. <laughs> good for the show. Yeah, and honestly, like too much content because, or too much, too many things to talk about because we're actually splitting kind of things between uh, today's episode and um, our Friday episode just to like spread it all out and give it give credit where credit's due to some of these topics but yeah off season starting out hot yeah i mean it's definitely you're not wrong we we talked about like how are we going to talk about the exit interviews that happened while also talking about you know brad larson being fired and also wanting to like preview the nhl playoffs in a way that doesn't make us seem like posers when it comes out on friday and somebody's already up 2-0 on a series that we're like not sounding like homers or alternatively not sounding like idiots uh we'd rather just sound like idiots before the games really get started we're only missing one one night of action so far and maybe we can talk about that a little bit but we did get our picks in this morning i promise the results are certified no need to worry like the, the count was stopped when it needed to be stopped, I promise. But, Laura, obviously, Blue Jackets content galore, playoff hockey happening. Even if it's not Columbus, that's still exciting. Um, how are you doing this week? How is your Monday? How are things treating you? What's life looking like for good old Laura Norman? Uh, it's going okay. Uh, kind of had, like, a not super productive weekend, which I'll probably pay for that later on in the week. But... Uh, Friday night, I went to the last game of the season with our wonderful friends, Megan and Reese, and it did not go well, and much like the rest of the season, and we'll talk, you know, probably more about that in, here in a second, but uh, that was a lot of fun. We went to dinner. We went to Pierogi Mountain, which oh, God. I I think we talked about it on the show last week, but I both neither of us have ever been, but... Uh, it was delicious and it was such a cool vibe and yeah, it's like seat yourself and it's very like a bar and just like, I don't know. It was really cool and the food was delicious. So they have, I think like nine different kinds of pierogies and then one like pierogi of the month and yeah the food it's all homemade like in 
in the in-house and yeah, it was just a lot of fun. And I had, yeah, progies and I had, they make their own kielbasa and it was delicious. We wanted to stay for dessert, but we were running out of time because Megan swears by their gluten-free lemon cake, I guess. Ah. But so next time, yeah, they had like some nice vegan options and like gluten-free options. So um, that was kind of cool too. But so that was fun. And Ohio blessed us with like a couple really nice days. And then today. Yeah. What's it like today? Oh, it's been uh, so windy. Like my front door has been shaking and it's been sleeting all day. So we've had snow today. I thought I was out of it. I almost texted you that on my drive home. I was like, Laura, you would be dying up here literally and probably, well, probably literally, but definitely figuratively if uh, you were driving in the snow in April, mid April, even like not just April, like, but like, we're like kind of into her now. Like yeah, we're, we're, it's the 17th as we record, but so yeah, just, it's supposed to be back in the seventies though, by like mid this week. So Ohio's doing its normal crazy mood swing of spring. But yeah, other than that, I, like I told you before we started recording, I bought my moving boxes today. So things have officially kicked off for me moving and still on the hunt for a dress for our friend's wedding. And yeah, got a disappointing email back from the original dress people. So yay, but it's fine. I may have found another option today, so. Work, okay, we're excited about that. That feels good, that feels good. I have to say though, Going back to pierogies, because I personally don't feel like we spent enough time there. I You're like, pierogies. fuck your dress. <laughs> I don't care what you wear I to wanna, this wedding. I want to talk about <laughs> potatoes wrapped inside of a noodle, you bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're going to have to be the one that deals with me if I no, no, hate no, what I, I'm wearing the day of her wedding. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm happy to be that for you. I... <laughs> pierogies are like much more of a thing in Michigan than I ever would have expected. Like I would say maybe more so than, than down in Ohio. And I have friends and like a really close friend specifically who has a family like pierogi making party every year. I think it's around Easter. If it's not Easter itself, it might actually be Easter itself. And they all bring a five pound, five pounds worth of filling for pierogies and what they do is they just have like all sorts of different pierogi fillings that they make pierogies for the day like that's like a family activity that they have and then they all get to take some home of the pierogies that they didn't make or you know what i mean so it's like a fun little like i feel like as an as an italian podcast uh we've never marketed ourselves that way but you're you're dealing with two pretty italian people um (laughs) that sounds like everything to me like that sounds like ideal as hell yeah, that sounds amazing. It's, like a it's kind baby. of like a yeah. yeah, cookie making party or like um we used to do and I know I know families that do this all the time but like big sauce making parties uh-huh. and or like salsa um especially like in the end of summer like when all of your tomatoes are like you know, overpopulating your garden. If you have a green thumb, I do not. Um, God, I love a garden tomato. Let me tell you. I know you do. I I know your love of a tomato sandwich. Uh, We've told that story on on the show before. God, I want one um, so bad right now. 
But yeah, no, that sounds delicious. And is this someone you work with? It was Shelby, the grad that oh. I have last year who is now a Valpo. Yeah, she... So I guess, like, and she's from the east side, like, originally. So, like, her family is on that side of the state. So it, it, I don't know if it's, like, an entire Michigan thing. But there's also, like, pasties in Michigan. Yeah. They're, like, so, um, the, the Michigan Hot Pockets, essentially. Yeah, pretty much. And I, like, I almost was shot on sight when I thought it was pronounced pasties. Uh, it's not. Oh, so I actually, I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but I actually have a recipe for pasties on my refrigerator. <laughs> I think I have, but I don't know why. I was like, what are you about to say about me not noticing something about pasties? I was like... <laughs> no, no, no. I will say that that's what my sister called them when we all were on our female empowerment vacation with my mom right what after my parents mean? divorced. I guess it makes uh, sense. When we went to the UP. But no, my mom... Do you remember the vacation she took where my stepdad's boat sank? Oh, I do remember. Isn't it a postcard? Yeah, it's a postcard, and yeah. it has the recipe for pasties. How they're wild. good if they're seasoned really well. If you get a bland pasty, it's not great. But, yeah, they're essentially, like, Michigan Hot Pockets. They have, like, ground beef and onions and potatoes. Well, it reminds them. me... Oh, my God, I'm going to say it wrong. Finland, I'm sorry. I... I think it was pronounced Lahi Paraka. Lahi Paraka. Um, oh, yes. Shit. Somebody tell me if I'm wrong. But it was like basically a, a pasty in a lot of ways. Like it was like a, a handheld meat pie, but the dough was like, honestly, it kind of reminded me of Sopa Pia Express, <laughs> like the way that like the dough was. Very lovely. More and flaky so, than pie. Yeah. And they put a hot dog in it. Huh. Along with the like meat sauce or not so, sauce, but this is a side tangent isn't everything that we <laughs> but do i saw show? something on tiktok last night that i was going to send to you but i knew it would get lost in the millions of tiktok videos that you have in your inbox because i've oh, seen God. his inbox and there's a lot in there annoying. i'll look it up right now as you're talking uh i didn't send it to you no 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 i just mean like how many i have Oh, um i don't know if you've seen this creator but her name's like mama jill and she's like a 22 year old mom who has two kids but she's like oh, southern yeah. okay so i love her i think she's hilarious and she was making a vlog last night about seasoning her hot dogs where she gets all beef hot dogs but then she puts like seasoning on them before they go on the grill like garlic powder onion powder these two like different grilling seasonings italian dressing and worcestershire sauce and, like, people are dragging her, like, in her comments for being, like, that's so weird that you season hot dogs. And honest to God, I thought about you because I'm, like, this is totally something Jeremy would do. Like, Jeremy would season his hot dogs. Oh, 100%. I mean, doesn't it go back to, oh, God, did I share this on the podcast or was this a private conversation? Who knows I at this point? They blend I together. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would put myself on blast like this. Did we talk about me with bologna and Worcestershire sauce? Like, have we ever had that conversation? You and I have had that conversation. Yeah, but have we talked about it on the show? Well, if we did, then the world knows that I made my first charcuterie board out of squares of bologna and Cheez-Its. I don't know who we talked about. I think this is just... I was uh, four, I, everyone. Was, um, <laughs> this was yeah. not an adult thing. Well, Laura has some context for saying what she said about me with, like, 
seasoning a hot dog is because like I when I was also younger, I don't think I was four, but like when I was younger, I thought that the reason steak tasted good was because my dad put Worcestershire sauce in the marinade for his steaks. And I was like, oh, so if I just put that on anything and I cook it, it'll taste like that. And so I did it with bologna one day <laughs> and it did not taste like my dad's steak. And imagine my disappointment when it didn't but i didn't ask for this clarification when you originally told me the story but was it deli bologna or are we talking like oscar meyer no we're talking like i don't even listen because <laughs> there's a difference it wasn't let me tell you it wasn't money like this it was not oscar meyer let me tell you it was like was it bar, it was like bar s with like the ring around it that you had to peel off of the bologna like edges Yes. That you would sometimes leave. Oh God. I'm, I don't know if this is revealing too much of myself. <laughs> where you would sometimes maybe have like a little bit of bologna left on the carcass of the wrap. And then you would like run carcass. it in between, run it in between the gap in your teeth to get the bologna off of the carcass. <laughs> oh, Dear no. listeners, can you tell that we grew up larger people? Just me? <laughs> Just me. me. <laughs> and larger people that like didn't always like have money. <laughs> like, yeah. Um the other difference is one of us was shamed their whole life and the other one wasn't. So <laughs> well, I don't know how much I would agree with that. I would agree with the first part of your statement. <laughs> the second part of your statement, I might have some clarifications to make off air. But Laura, before you ask, I'm doing okay. I'm tired. <laughs> I am looking forward to a weekend Nashville trip with friend of the show, Steven, for his bachelor party. Um, and if you are listening to the show and you're like, Jeremy, you don't seem like the kind of guy that would go to a bachelor party in Nashville. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, this is going to be interesting to see if this is my element or not. I like it could go one of two ways. I feel like it's like either like Stark. Oh, my God, this is not for me or. I'm in my zone. Nobody can tell me anything different. Like I am that bitch. I am, like, like, I don't know where I'm going to be. I'm just nervous because the last time a group of your friends and by your friends, I mean your fraternity brothers. Yeah. The last time a group of humans that, you know, went to Nashville, they definitely got robbed. <laughs> Their Airbnb totally got jacked. That's so true. I and think one of them got lost in the city of Nashville. Oh my god, that was his fault. That was like not <laughs> that was not bad luck. He's just an idiot. <laughs> like that wasn't like an oopsie. That was like dumb ass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I love Didn't him. he sleep on a bench? No, he got a hotel room for like three. Oh, that's right. He couldn't find his way back, and so he got a hotel room. That's right. And like left the hotel room at like six in the morning. <laughs> He's just so dumb. I would have stayed until 11 for sure. Um, <laughs> at least got the complimentary breakfast if they had one. Especially because you know he was hungover as hell. Um, we have been talking in this group chat about uh, three Please of us. Please make sure have... you lock the doors of your Airbnb. Oh, we will. Three of us have already talked about bringing liquid IV. Uh, so if that doesn't tell you how old we are and how much this actually might not be any of our scenes, well, I don't know what does. So, but it'll be good. But it'll, that's it'll what Pashi put in the um, bachelor party bags for oh, yeah. Donald's bachelor party. You have to. It's so clutch. I'm actually drinking some right now. <laughs> like I just like I unironically like it. Um, 
Okay, we've been talking for 16 minutes on a show where we have so much to talk about. <laughs> but I also want to say that you facilitated yesterday and did a great job and you should be really proud of yourself. Oh, thanks. And, you know, he's moving mountains. Aw, look at you. Look at you dropping little hints. Um, yeah, I it was fun. It was I talked to the 200 sorority women in a room that made no sense to be in, but we were talking about alcohol. And listen, okay, listen. <laughs> I am a I asked a question. I said, <laughs> in your community, like, do you all like do you find yourselves drinking more or less than like other organizations, like all that kind of stuff? And some girl like hits this microphone that's on their desks because the room is so big that the desks have microphones. And she goes, I would say we're above average. And then like, just like, <laughs> like it was just a mess, but it was fun. It was a good time. So hopefully they all make good choices. Talked about Borgs. Blackout rage gallons if people aren't familiar. So it's a good time. But so they were calling to bring it back to Blue Jackets. That's what they were calling Kent Johnson's water jug. The Borg, yeah, I know. Well, I mean, like it is like I, I am sure that he is not unfamiliar, considering the fact that he was just in college last year. <laughs> um, although they might not even be that old at, that, at this point, they might still that might still be a newer thing. Um, for those of you who don't know what a Borg is, uh, again, Blackout Rage Gallon, and I can't remember if we talked about it on the show what you put in it but basically like people will like dump out water and then they'll fill it up with like as much like clear hard alcohol as possible usually vodka and then dump like a shit ton of mio in it and then put a couple of like liquid ivs in it to like help them not get be hung over the next day which honestly like has some merits it's like safe because it's a closed container and you're hydrating at the same time so it's not like the worst thing that i've ever seen a college student do but it's essentially like portable jungle juice. Yeah, but like you made it and not some shady frat boy. In a bathtub or an empty trash can. Yeah. Oh, God. Or no. a cooler. Well, I'm tired of our worlds colliding. My world's colliding. Or a washing machine. I had That's... strange days. <laughs> You're a mess. <laughs> You're a mess. And speaking of messes, the Columbus Blue Jackets have well i mean like yeah that being a mess i don't think it's going to be news to anybody who's listening but yeah after two years the columbus blue jackets decided to part ways with their head coach brad larson and i think that that's a move that i guess like give me your initial thoughts did that surprise you like obviously when you look at how the season went i don't think anybody would say that they were like surprised to see a coach whose team finished 31st in the league get fired like that's not surprising just on paper but I guess given the context that we have of Yarmo's comments throughout the year and just the injuries and everything else, like what was your level of surprise on, on Saturday morning when you read that Brad Larson had been relieved of his duties as the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets? I was surprised, but like not entirely. I didn't think it would happen like immediately after the season ended. Um, I thought for sure there would be like, I don't know. Like I thought maybe if it was going to happen, it would happen before the draft lottery. So maybe just like a couple of weeks of discussion and like figuring out where to go. But I think 
he knew that blood was in the water the night before um, because his last post-game press conference was very emotional. Um, and which hurts me because the biggest point of this is like, it, regardless of what you think of his coaching, like Brad Larson is just a really incredible human being. Like every person who has had something to say about this decision has always led and always finished with the fact that Brad Larson is a salt of the earth guy. He is just a really kind and compassionate um, and, and caring individual who's been through a lot in his life and who is, done a lot for this organization. I mean, he's been employed by the Blue Jackets in some way, shape, or form for 13 years. Um, and that's a long time. And he's seen, you know, this group through a lot of things. And I, I can only imagine, you know, what that sort of felt like. And I can only imagine what his, you know, thoughts for himself with his first ever head coaching job in the NHL. Like, I can't believe that this is how he envisioned it going. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was shocked, but then, but then not at the same time. I know that I texted you like, cause I wasn't sure if you were awake yet, but I texted you like immediately. Yeah, I wasn't. And... For what it's worth. I, was, I was asleep when I woke up and saw that text. I was like, all right, happy Saturday. That's what's happening. <laughs> Like, I couldn't even, like, get fully over just, like, us finishing 31st and, like, hockey being done for us for the season before they were like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna just do this right now and, and rip the Band-Aid off. But, so that was my initial, I have other thoughts, but I want to hear your initial thoughts as well. Well, I mean, like, I, I, I was surprised because I felt like, I don't want to like be too condescending toward like the ownership of this team, but part of me thought that there wasn't a scenario where they would fire him with a year left on his deal, knowing that they then also have to like pay another head coach who, you know, we can talk about this a little bit later, you know, is more than likely going to be somebody who has coached before. At least that's what I hope happens. And so that person's going to command some money too. So like, I like just from the money perspective like i was surprised that the jackets made this move at least from the ownership level and then when i think about you know the the other things that this team dealt with this season with injuries with all this other kind of stuff you know it was widely considered that brad larson was a development coach right like he was supposed to be somebody who could help these younger guys develop and if you think about going into next year right like you look at having players like you know, all, all these guys who got a taste really of the NHL here in the last few weeks, whether that's, you know, Stanislav Fotsel or Mikhail Putia or like anybody who like, God, I mean, like that's not even like scratching the surface. Like you would think, oh, like Brad Larson, if he's a development guy and if he's good at that, you know, you'd want him to stick around. Obviously, I don't think that people thought he was good at that. <laughs> and so that's probably part of the decision in and of itself. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I was surprised, like you said, that it happened so quickly because I truly don't think that it behooves the Blue Jackets to make a coaching decision before the draft lottery because I can guarantee you that if the Blue Jackets do end up with the number one overall pick, hell, even the second overall pick, 
in this year's draft, like that is going to become an even more attractive job. So I don't even think the Jackets are going to make a decision until after the lottery happens. And so there's not really a rush there. If you're, if you're the blue jackets, like there's not a rush to fire Brad Larson immediately after the season ends. But I think Laura, like as we shift past initial thoughts into like taking in more content and like taking in more information, I became less surprised as the day came forward because Yarmulkekalainen was emphatic that using language like absolutely necessary to move in this direction, like that to me signaled that this was bigger than everything else that I just said. It signaled to me that Yarmulkekalainen doesn't feel like the Blue Jackets culture he, he feels like it's been lost and he feels like these kids who are, who are developing right now are getting used to losing and they're not being challenged to not get used to that. And that was big. I think that language directly from Yarmo was telling Laura. Yeah. When I watched the press conference on Saturday, I could feel Yarmo's like mood through the screen. Like, He's, I mean, he's a very, like, he doesn't have a ton of emotions on the outside and, you know, but he's always been presented as like a very straightforward man. Like he doesn't beat around the bush. Like he knows how to separate business decisions from personal decisions and all this sort of stuff. And he just right out the gate was, this was happening. Like this was happening. We were absolutely doing this. Um, like you said, he, he used, he used very specific language. This was absolutely necessary. Like we had to do this, you know, so forth and so on. And one of the things that he touched on, and then there was a skate space afterwards, um, with Jeff Savota, Bob McGilligate, um, Dylan Tyre and, uh, Jeff Rimmer. And they touched on it as well was, you could tell that Yarmo and management were sick and tired of things not being taken seriously during practices. Like that guys were getting to be able to get away with a lot of things. They weren't being pushed. And like you said, these younger guys are really impressionable and getting shown that it's okay to lose and it's okay to not push yourself in this league because you'll still have a job and all this sort of stuff. But I think personally, looking back over the season, because Yarmo said that this wasn't an overnight decision that they do an evaluation like every single day, which I fully believe because he does seem like a list guy. Um, and but I fully believe that this conversation started happening after they came back from Finland. I think the embarrassment that they experienced on a global stage in Finland was was the breaking point on this situation. And the occurrences just kept adding up after that. Like they talked about the game in Buffalo, like to be at home and to <laughs> have someone score five, one singular person score five goals on us. 
in one single game, like at home, none like it's that's bad. And to just see like the continuation of the injuries, I think there was definitely some, you know, alluding to some issues with player communication and having control of the room and all that sort of stuff. And I think he just kept notching these things off. And by the time probably the trade deadline, he was like, this, this has to be like, we have to move on because it's not going to get any better. And I think that was a big part of clearing up so much cap space and not making as many big moves at the trade deadline because they want to break it down to the good pieces that we have and then bring in a new coach and start going from there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I, I it's it's fun to th- like fun, I guess, in hindsight to think about like when this turning point was. I've got play a little game here, nothing too formal, but there have been some some theories circling around Blue Jackets Twitter. I know that's shocking for people to hear, but just like different theories about this whole thing. And I want to know, Laura, if you buy or you sell them. Obviously, if you buy it, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. But if you sell it, it means you don't necessarily think that that's a theory worth considering. And uh, you can just move on from it. You don't think it's true. So, Laura, I guess the first the first theory that I've seen a lot of, and I saw it a lot on Saturday, was the Blue Jackets didn't pull the trigger on this move in an effort to help the tank. Ooh. See, oh, then that makes it double-sided then. They wanted to tank, but they were mad about the performance and they were mad about how he'd continued to coach. Yeah. So they wanted to tank and they wanted success or they wanted not success, but they wanted compliance at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not necessarily a, an achievable <laughs> desire, but I don't know. I kind of... I look at... You know, you see this happen in, in the NHL quite a bit, right? Is, is you know, midseason or whatever have you, a team makes a decision to fire head coach. And, and if nothing else, getting a new voice behind the bench and all that kind of stuff can sometimes, like, spark a little bit of motivation. And you can see some teams. I mean, Vancouver did it last year. Or not last year, I guess. Last year. Oh, God, was it last year? that No. Whatever Bruce Boudreau came in after the – like, into the season, he – found a way like to give that team a little bit of life. And I think that the jackets probably correctly assume that making a coaching change would potentially lead to better results. And I don't know <laughs> if they like felt like they super wanted that, that reality. Well, at the same time, like it's kind of like a, where's that point of no return of like developing a losing culture and, you know, not firing Brad Larson to lose some more, but not too much. <laughs> and then pivoting. Yeah. I definitely think they made the right decision to not do it like in the middle of the season, like so many people called for. Um, I think there was definitely probably like a deciding line in there. Like 
if we don't get rid of him by this point, then we just have to ride out the rest of the season. Um, who knows when that point was? My guess is probably like December or the All-Star break. But whenever they knew statistically that we were not going to get any, like that it was just going to be bad all the way through. Um, so I definitely think it, it was good to not do it in the middle because it just would, we would have ended up, if they would have gotten better, we would we would have just ended up finishing in the middle and not really getting like good things out of the draft or anything. So positive decision on that part, but yeah, it is. Oh God. It, again, it's one of those scenarios that we talk about all the time where it's like, you just want to be a fly on the wall or you, or you just want to be gifted like the transcripts of these conversations to know all the insides and outs, um, which since becoming a sports fan has become really intriguing to me to like understand the process of how these make, they make these decisions. And <laughs> I love him to death, but Yarmo is so elusive. Like, you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, social media was a cluster all day Saturday. Just a maze of weirdness. And yeah, it it just, you actually were like, I feel like this is going to be a Twitter day for you, which means a day where Laura does nothing but refresh Twitter to see the insanity that occurs, I did stop myself and put my phone away. So you should be oh, proud. I am proud. Of course I'm proud. But yeah, it's, is that the only theory that you wanted to discuss? No, I have, I have one more. Well, I had a okay. couple more, but I feel like we've talked about them like in our conversation. So I'm not going to be redundant. Um, the one thing that we haven't talked about is like one of the things that you're Alliance said. And I think obviously you have to say this, Wait, actually, wait. Did you buy or sell that last theory? Oh. That was the whole game, and I just realized I that you didn't play the game. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, I know you wanted to say it, but you didn't want to say it. Um, I okay. didn't want to say it. So shifting to the next theory... Are you buying or selling that the Blue Jackets will look at internal candidates in this coaching decision? Sell. I will be hard pissed. sell. Hard, hard sell. sell. Okay. Glad. I don't think they're place. making that mistake again. I think it's fine that they kept the additional coaching staff for now. I think. I don't think that we have seen the last of coaching changes. Um, I think when the new head coach does get decided that some people may not retain their positions. Um, but yeah, I will be, I will be pissed if we end up with another, no, and no offense to our associate and assistant coaches. And like, we have some talented people, but these people have also been, you know, some have been were are from when Torts was here, and obviously they were all here when Lars was here. And like, if we're gonna really do a culture switch, then we need to bring in someone new. Yeah, we need to bring in someone who doesn't know our culture, our current culture. Um, and I don't think we need to make 
Not that it was a mistake. I think it was the right decision at the time. And I know a lot of Blue Jackets fans will disagree with me on that. I do think hiring Brad Larson at the time was the right decision. But I think doing that again with what they want to accomplish and the short amount of time that they want to accomplish it is a mistake. So I sell, I sell that theory so hard. Correct. And I will be so pissed if I'm wrong. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> I, uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, like I saw somebody say like, could Rick Nash be a dark horse? Like, shut up, shut shut up. Stop. Rick's not Rick's not ready to take that step. I don't even I've met Rick one time and I don't believe that he's ready to take that. If he even wants to take that direction in his career, he may want to be front office like his whole career. And just I mean, he's only been in the scouting and development game for a couple of years now. So. Right. So, yeah, you know, let's not do that. Let's also, he doesn't even have his own office right now. He shares an office with two other dudes. Yeah, we did. We did see that. That is true. That was a shock to me for sure. <laughs> and there's only two desks in the office, so yeah, one free, of them has to be out. <laughs> they're just all busy working. They're never all in the office at the same time. Um, okay, well, that's good to know that we're both selling that. Um, I mean, the other thing too, like we'll briefly touch on, and I think this is interesting. I think that like, even in, in some of what Yamakakalainen said about goaltending throughout his press conference, I think it speaks to this as well is that the Blue Jackets decided also not to renew the contract of Manny Legacy, who had just, um, you know, his contract expired at the end of this year. So they're not renewing him. And that is something that I don't know. I don't know that it super surprises anybody. I think that people start to read into some potential implications of that for some personal reasons, but, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, obviously like Manny legacy seems like a really cool dude too. Like, like same as, as Brad Larson, right. You hate to see bad things happen to good people, but I think they also recognize that this is part of the business too. And I think they both would probably be naive if they said that they didn't think that the product that they were delivering wasn't quite where it needed to be. And so um, that's hard. Uh, I think that's going to be an adjustment for Elvis, but I also, it makes it me think like that part of this decision came down to the fact that like, yeah, it's going to be an adjustment for Elvis is what he needs. Like you can't be the same Elvis Merzlikens that he's been. And if bringing in a new voice that isn't his friend that, and again, that's not trying to dig on the relationship that the two of them have. And it's a special relationship and it should be, but, um, maybe he doesn't need a friend in that role specifically. And no doubt that Manny will continue to be that friend for him in a lot of ways, but just not as a coach. And I think that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I plan to talk about this a little bit more when we talk about the exit interviews on Friday, um, because Elvis does, um, has one of the more lengthy exit interviews, but yeah, it's, it's another thing where you hate to see someone who is a good person, uh, and a good coach. I mean, he's been with the Blue Jackets for, you know, five, six years now, I think. And so that means he's seen a lot of our goalies. Like he would have worked with Bob. He would have worked with Corpy and Elvis and has obviously worked with Tarasov um, and Kivlenix and uh, Jet. And so he's obviously, you know, put in a, a good chunk of time um, with this organization and, you know, but I think the one of the bigger red flags of this season was all of the weaknesses in our goaltending, 
all of the injuries that our goaltender suffered, like just the struggle and not just Elvis, but all of them. Um, and cause even before, like, yeah, Corpy had some really bright moments, but Corpy still struggled in the beginning of this season, coming back from his injury and his surgery. So that's a big thing. You cannot win a Stanley cup with poor goaltending. You cannot win a Stanley cup without a number one goaltender. And as someone who loves goalies and as someone who loves Elvis, we do not have a number one goaltender right now. And like, it's the truth. Damn. And, but if someone can come in and someone can bring, and I'll, I'll save this. I'll save this for when we talk about his accident interview. I'm, I'm just hopeful. And I think they are hopeful that bringing in a new goalie coach will do a world of wonders, but it is sad to see Manny go. Um, But he's going to, he's going to find another place just like Lars is. They're too talented not to. Without a doubt. And so we'll see where that ends up going. Um, You know, it's, it's going to be a developing story and we'll hope for the best for the two of them. Uh, They deserve it. Many thanks to them for their time in Columbus, but uh, it just didn't work out and that's okay. It happens, but, Laura, we're going to shift gears here to talk about the NHL playoffs. And as excited as I am to talk about the NHL playoffs, I think we're going to do a lot of that. So first, I want to talk to you a little bit about the NBA playoffs. And you might be wondering, why do I want to talk to you about the NBA playoffs? What's your guess? What's your guess on that? My guess is that you're going to tell me how I can win some money on DraftKings. I sure am. And honestly, you're not going to want to necessarily listen to my advice because me and basketball, we're not necessarily friends. Nevertheless, it's NBA playoffs time. And that means that big hoops action is here on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score a $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no sweat same game parlay every day during the playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll still get a bonus bet back up to $10. So maybe you, yeah, I saw the Lakers got a little bit of a, an upset there against Minnesota this week. And so they're up one nothing in that series. Maybe you think LeBron's going to go off in game two and you want to um, bet on the Lakers to take a 2 nothing lead against the Timberwolves. Well, you can do that, and you're going to make a lot of money when you do. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or visit Hope New York 467 or text Hope New York 467-369. In Kansas, call one 800 522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino Resort. 21 and up in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Whew, when they brought the disclaimer back for me, it's when I started to sweat. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. But Laura, I have to tell you, before we dive into talking about our bets for this one. So as everybody's familiar with the NHL uh, has a, you know, 
draft or not a draft, excuse me, a playoff bracket challenge in the same way that, you know, NCAA basketball does all that kind of stuff. Right. And so every year, Laura and I participate in this. And this year I decided that I was going to put money down. I was going to put a dollar down on a parlay for all of the series to go the way that I predicted them in the, um, in the bracket challenge. Right. So I went to go put $1 down and I couldn't because it exceeded the total amount of money that would return to me. So uh, here I'm going to tell you all that if if I am lucky enough to have my eight series picks go exactly as I'm about to tell you I picked them as, I'm going to win $239,321. So here's hoping that my first round is perfect. We're getting super fancy mics, man. Yeah, yeah. The show quality is going to go up exponentially if that happens. I also just did eight picks, like, not picking the series length, and that one's $377. And my Stanley Cup prediction is $60 payout. So those are my bets. So we'll see where it goes. But let's get into the business. Let's talk a little bit about our brackets laura so i mean i'm gonna i feel like i let you pick every year who would i be to to stop you from being able to do that this year what side of the bracket do you want to start on are we starting on the east or on the west when we talk about who we think is going to perform well in the stanley cup playoffs this year um let's start in the west you said left to right, just like we're reading a book and we will go exactly there we'll start at the top of the bracket and that is in the central. So as you look at these matchups, Laura, you've got Colorado and Seattle, and then you've got Dallas and Minnesota. So fun matchups here, I think, but I think you and I are probably on the same page with a couple of these. Although I don't know, your emotions tell me that maybe you've picked the Kraken in a first round upset. Can you confirm or deny? I can deny. I did not pick the Kraken. Okay. okay, good news. How many how many games do you have Colorado winning in? I have Colorado winning in five. Wow, I do too. If we go this whole thing. <laughs> That'll be wild. weird because we didn't even talk about this. You just sent me the link this morning and said, essentially, hey, bitch, do this. <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then five of our closest friends did it as well. You can still do that actually through Wednesday. They, they let you keep picking through the first game for all the series. And then they're like, okay, no more. So um, go, um, go check that out on our Twitter. Laura will tell you where to go for that later if you want to join still. Um, Yes, yeah, so then we move to this Minnesota-Dallas matchup, which is a really fascinating matchup. Minnesota is the, the three there, and, and Dallas is the two. I, I've i got Minnesota in six. I have Dallas in seven. Okay, okay, so we already have our first divergence. I like it. I, and I, looking at this now, I don't know why I did that, but I did it, and it's fine. I think it's okay that you did it. I just feel like Dallas has had a better season than Minnesota. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that's definitely fair. I think Minnesota is just interesting to me. Mostly, like, they're getting my, like, Gus Nyquist, like, fan vote, to be honest, a little bit. But then I think oh, it's also, I know, I know. Um, but I don't know. I just like the way that that team is built. Like, I th- that's just going to be such a nasty matchup. It probably will go seven games. I do still think that Minnesota will win. I don't honestly know why I picked them in six, but, um, 
But yeah, that's kind of what I'm expecting to see out of that one. It's going to be fun. So that we've got our first divergence. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. I don't think we're going to have one in as we shift to the Pacific. Uh, first round matchups between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. And then you've got first round matchup between the Edmonton Oilers and the LA Kings. Laura, I've got, you have Vegas, right? I have Vegas in five. I also have Vegas in five. Okay. So I think I, and also Vegas just is really good. And also it's like, I'm sure Connor Hallibuck can steal a game for Winnipeg and I'm sure that they can find the offense in a game, but ultimately, right? Like it's just not going to be, this is not going to be a good series. For Plus Vegas is uh, starting to, to play this game a little bit like Tampa does because they announced that Mark Stone is coming back. What do you mean starting to? They've been, they've been doing this shit too. They're on the bullshit. They know they get it. I hate them. I fucking hate that franchise, but they're going to win in the first round. Um, so yeah, because they've been keeping people on long-term IR and bringing them back. So Mark Stone will be playing in game one, uh, tomorrow or today as you're listening to this. I'm happy that Jack Eichel gets to play playoff hockey. I am as well. Good for him. (laughs) You're like not really having it. (laughs) Um, okay. So did your emotions get the best of you in this one? No. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Do you have them in six games? I have Edmonton in seven games. Okay. I have Edmonton in six, but yeah. Because I, mean, I think you... LA is going to give them a run for their money, but I think, I don't know. I just think Connor McDavid is going to really let his flag fly. My Hi. hockey BFF. No, he definitely will. And I'll tell you what. Um, that game right now is two nothing Edmonton, but Corpy is seemingly uh, playing pretty well there. He's the starter in that series, which is like I don't know that everybody like thought was a guarantee for that, but yeah. So I'm also gonna say like I don't want LA to pull this one off. Like if LA pulls this one off, it affects the Blue Jackets' first round draft pick that they got in the trade for um, Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo. So like I am like not like the Oilers go go. <laughs> Kind of McDavid, Leon all like let's get get into it. Let's just make it make it happen. I'm um, happy that Gabby and Corpy are getting to play playoff hockey, but like you just said, I I want our because Jarma's gonna use that other first round pick as negotiating tool. Yeah. And I want it to be the best possible negotiating tool that he can have. So correct. Correct. But let's move to the east. Let's get all the first round done. Then we'll come back to to the next round in in the quarterfinals there. So Boston, Florida. Boston, right? I have Boston in four. I think they're going to sweep the Panthers. I have Boston in five. It's very, very possible that they're going to sweep the Panthers. So uh, there's not really much to say. Like Alex Lyon is like a story to follow in this one. Like he has had a really solid end of the year. And he honestly is the reason why Florida is, is finding themselves in the playoffs. So if he can find a way to steal a few games, like make Boston sweat, maybe it ends up getting interesting. But yeah, no, it's, it's going to be Boston. Like without, without any doubt. But Let's move somewhere where I know there's a lot of doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and that is between uh, with uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs as they face, uh, once again, the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to regret saying this, 
Oh my god, did you pick the Leafs? In six, I did. Wow, I picked Tampa in seven. I, oh, if it happens, if it happens, Kyle Dubas is gone and everything. Like, if that, like, it's just like, oh, man. But like, Oh, I know it's the destruction of their, like, entire situation. I hope. But, like, I just don't think that they have it in the playoffs. Like, they just have struggled. Even when they've had incredible seasons, they get to the playoffs and they just choke. Correct. So, I mean, I hope for him and his job that they don't, but I do think Tampa's going to take it. Yeah, because if he gets fired, here's my here's my word to the wise. I think he's going to end up in Pittsburgh. So, would rather do that have an not, opening. <laughs> would rather that not happen. So, uh, <laughs> let's uh, Toronto figure this one out. All right, so then we move down to the Metro, and you've got Carolina and New York, the Islanders in this in this edition. Um, this one's interesting, Laura. Like, I think, like on paper, like as you if you as you came into the season, if I would have told you that this was a first round matchup, I think you would have probably said that that's the series that you could see going Carolina and four. That's just not the reality now. Like with Andrei Svechnikov hurt, and just with with the Islanders getting Matt Barcel back and they, I mean, obviously they picked up a Horvat, right? Like, I mean, like they've gotten these players that I think could potentially like make this a competitive series. And I'm honestly, I've got the Isles in seven. I've got the hurricanes in five. Damn. Okay. Sure. I mean, they're just such dickheads and they keep like good things just happen to them. And as much as I like have a weird soft spot for the Islanders because you know how much I love Anders Lee, like I just I, again, they're still one of those teams that I just feel like is on the cusp, but they're not quite there yet. No, that's I mean that's probably the correct. It's probably I'm probably not right in the games. It will probably take more than five, but I just Caroline is so annoying, and annoying people always get what they want <laughs> this is true this is true uh they are already up one nothing in that series they they beat the islanders tonight on on monday night two to one but close game on tiranta saves 25 of 36 and uh oh god Ilias roken jesus i like that was hard um <laughs> He he stopped thirty five of thirty seven. So like it's gonna be it's gonna come down to goaltending in that one for sure. But then we move down to the matchup that I think gives you the most acid reflux, and that is the matchup between the Rangers and the Devils, where you are you have to pick a winner. Like you have to pick somebody to win. I think your emotions might have gotten the best of you on this one. This matchup makes my left eyeball migraines like activate because i dislike both of these teams so much i know like i just i dislike them so much and this decision hurt me it hurt me in a way that is just unfair i think but i have the devils in seven i have the rangers in six wow you went different kind of evil i don't think they're experienced enough i I think that, I mean, he hasn't had nearly the year that he had last year, but but Igor Shosturkin over Vitek Vanacek every day, like every day. And so 
New Jersey's fast and they're good and they their blue line is good. I mean, they're a good, good team as much as it pains me to say it. And so I it's gonna be tough for the Rangers to get at them, but I think they will. And that'll be interesting. It'll set up a matchup between the uh two New York teams there in the um in the quarterfinal. But let's move back to the West. Let's go Colorado, Minnesota. Um, so they don't make you pick the number of games. <laughs> In this one, and also for you, it's Colorado Dallas. So yeah. let's just we'll we'll go past the games at this point. Now these aren't fact. Maybe we'll come back to the next round when we're recording, and and give the number of games that we think the actual matchups will go. But uh, who do you have advancing to the Western Conference Final out of that division? Um. So between all four teams, or no? So just, uh, just oh, between... just Colorado and Dallas. Yeah. Okay, I have Colorado taking that series. I, I do as well. So we both have Colorado moving then on to the Western Conference final. And then you've got Vegas and Edmonton in the Western or in the um, you know Pacific Divisional Championship round. And um, I think Edmonton's going to do it. I have Edmonton too. Yeah, so we've got the same Western Conference final set up that we'll come back to. I just, there's something about Edmonton that I, feel like they are are hitting their stride i mean like after the deadline they were what like something stupid like 12 and 3 or something like mm-hmm. that or like 12 and 3 um they're a good team like they're a really good team they're finding it at the right time and i, I wouldn't mind to see them make some noise in the playoffs this year to get back to the western conference final there against once again colorado that would be a rematch of the western conference final last year and we'll get back to that side of the things here in just a minute. Let's shift it back over into the East where you've got, uh, we've both got, well, no, you've got the Lightning, but you've got Boston in as well. So do we both have Boston finding their way to the Eastern Conference Final? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I don't think that in either case, I don't whether it's the Lightning or whether it's the, the Leafs, I don't think that either one of those teams is going to be good enough to, to solve Boston. I just think that Boston has... Uh, and, and you know, we're probably going to get proven wrong, right? Like, I'm sure that somebody's going to give Boston a run for their money in this tournament, but it just until Boston shows me that they can't do it, like, who am I to say that they can't? Right. So then you've got... Um, well, you have the Battle of New York. Yeah, so and we have two Island totally different matchups. We have two totally different matchups here. None of the same teams. Um, yeah, I've got the Battle of New York, and I've got the Rangers coming out of that if it ends up happening. Like, there's... Again, like that's a good goaltending matchup, but I do think that the Rangers are far more prepared to win that series than the Islanders would be at this point. So that sets me up with a Boston, New York, um, Eastern Conference final, which would be a, a lot of fun, I think. So, Laura, who do you have between Carolina and New Jersey? I have New Jersey. Huh. Um, yeah. 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 I just, it'll be the battle of annoying teams. Um, but I think New Jersey will be just a little bit more annoying and take Carolina out of the running. So that means I'll have Boston versus New Jersey in the Eastern Conference Finals. Man, I <laughs> you're right. If you end up if you're right and that's a New Jersey Carolina series, it's gonna be fucking insufferable. Yeah, it's just gonna I'm not gonna be able to watch any of it. I'm just gonna wait for I the don't... scores. I honestly don't really have that much against the Rangers and I really don't have that much against Ranger fans. Like I like, it don't feel any sort of like ill will toward them really. And so I don't like really either. I mean, I hate our time and Aaron, but like right. that's more personal than it is about the Rangers. Right. Um, and so it's but, like, like, 
I hate Jersey fans and I kind of hate hurricane fans. They're just annoying. So I know it's like, it's so like, I'm just jealous. I think to be honest, when it comes to Carolina, that's true. They are fun. Killing bastards. (laughs) They're stupid post game bullshit. Um, (laughs) All right. So we're on the, on the conference finals here. Colorado Edmonton for both of us. Who do you have coming out of the West in the Stanley Cup final? I have Edmonton. I do too. So we both have Edmonton out of the West. This is shaping up to be not a good time for us. Um, (laughs) Because we can't both be right. (laughs) And uh, when we pick the same team, it's like going to be bad. So, so yeah, Edmonton, I think I just, again, I don't, I don't think Colorado is nearly as good this year. They're not healthy, which isn't their fault. Like, but I mean, you don't have um, Gabriel Landeskog. Like, you don't have him. You've got obviously Kale McCarr has been banged up, so he's somebody that you're curious as to whether or not he's even going to be like as good as he should be. I don't know. I just don't. Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton are having great years, but I just don't see Colorado doing it this year. Yeah, they're just not as strong as they were last year when they won it and um i hate to say it but it like yeah they're just not they're just not as strong and they've yeah like the lakeskog is that how you say his last name lanaskog yep lanaskog like that's a recent burn to them like they just found out that he's not going to be able to play for the entirety of the like stanley cup series so yeah, they yeah, thought he was going to be able to come back. He missed the season, but they thought he was going to be healthy by the playoffs, and he just wasn't. So, yeah, I just think they're missing. I think they're going to go far, but they're just not going to go all the way. So I'm assuming that we have the same Stanley Cup final matchup. Well, yes, because I'm assuming that we both picked Boston to win. Yeah. Oh, man, that sucks. So we're going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Boston, Boston Edmonton fi- uh, Stanley Cup final for both of us. I, again, I just Boston. Like, I just like don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything else to add. It's not a, against New York. It's just Boston. Yeah, they've had such an incredible season. And if you've ever listened to the show, it pains me to make this decision. It pains me to pick Boston because I hate them. Like, I don't like their fans. I don't like. The only player I like on that team is Nick Felino. Like, I normally don't want anything good to come to them, but they've just had such an incredible season. And it's hard to argue, like, the positivity that they have around it. Like, they don't carry, like, they somewhat carry, but not really, like, the air about how good their season's been. Like, they are just kind of like, humble about it and they're like this is just like this is what we've worked for this is the locker room we've built towards this and like (laughs) you and I both said because they have a they have a song and I was like weirdly impressed by the song that they chose as their like Stanley Cup run song I'm so happy about it and it's dancing on my own the Callum Scott version do we know it's the Callum Scott version Yes, I looked it up. Okay, okay. Um, and which, like, 
we both love that song. We both love Callum Scott. But if you, if you as a person, listener, know that song and know that artist, it can come as a surprise that that would be no kidding. the song that they selected. I will say that a baseball team, I think it's the baseball team that won the World Series. Someone in Philadelphia. They didn't win the World Series. Philadelphia did it. Were they in it? Did they go far? Oh, yes. Because in the bar. You're right. In the bar, they were all yeah. singing. dancing. singing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what team that is. It's the uh, I'm gonna throw you for a loop here. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say that, but I was like, that doesn't sound like official it, it enough. Is, well, it's dumb. Like, it's not dumb. No disrespect, but it's just like you would not think that's like. I just way. like don't know anything about baseball unless it's the Cleveland. Why did I just forget what their name is? Right, right, right. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say man. gladiators, but that's not it. That was the AFL team. <laughs> That was the Cleveland. I have no idea. It, it's it's lost me. I literally it like G. it starts with the G. Guardians got it. <laughs> got there. Got there. I know nothing about baseball. Like so clearly, okay. can't even remember the team that's in my state. I know the Cincinnati Reds. So there we go. Um, but. Terrible team. So yeah, if you haven't listened to Dancing on My Own by Callum Scott, um it's a great song. It has a lot of great like DJ remixes too. So but I yeah, I just in. I just I just you can't argue with it. And so is this where we say who we think wins the Stanley Cup? I was gonna ask, do you think Boston ends up singing Dancing on My Own as they lift the Stanley Cup above their head, or is it gonna be Edmonton? Is Edmonton gonna gonna finally cure the drought of Canada? I think Boston wins it. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Oh, oh. yeah, no, I agree. It's I man, again, and this is coming from people, right, whose favorite team is the team that famously swept the team that most recently set or tied an NHL record for most wins in a season. Granted Boston surpassed that, but that's like, that is what we're dealing with here. Like we're like, we're the team that most recently like did this. We're fans of that team. And yet we either, we cannot perceive a world in which Boston gets deterred here. But I think the attitude is different. I think the attitude that Tampa had is different than the attitude that Boston has. I agree. I think, I think the attitude that Tampa has had was, oh my God, this is going to be so easy. It's the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets. They barely made it into the playoffs. Like this is going to be a quick one and done or four and done situation. And they underestimated us entirely. And as everyone knows, like after the first period in that first game, Torts, you know, brought everyone to life. And we ended up succeeding in that series and completely like, I think it was the anniversary yesterday, yesterday of us of game four. Um, And I reread the statement that the lightning put out after that, the like, I know you're disappointed. We don't have words like blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you fucking just didn't think that we were competitive and you sat on your heels and we fucked like we fucked you up, but that's let's different. Be honest, let's be honest. Let's tell the truth. 
if you were mm. a social media manager for a team, you would probably have drafted that message. Oh, 100%. <laughs> You're like, we are also crying. We are yeah, also we are crying. also so with you. We're very upset. Um, but I think that's different than how Boston is looking at things. I don't think that they're coming into any cir- circumstance thinking we're definitely better than this team. Like, I think they're taking a look at everyone and being like, all we can do is play our game and they're going to play theirs. And we just have to be like, you know, we just have to be better. And I just think they're going to continuously prove that because it's all they've been doing this whole season. Well, and that's the like difference between, cause like Boston, I think you're right. Like, but I also think that like, I think Boston knows they're good, but I don't think in the way that, Tampa Bay thought that they were as good as they were. So I think the vibe is totally different. I think you're absolutely right. Laura, it pains me to have to agree with you. (laughs) Like from like, I mean, pick the same final even. So we'll see if we're right. I, and if we're right, then I'm winning $60. I'll split it with you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Anytime. Well, like you said, there's a lot of things in Blue Jackets land right now it feels kind of naughty to even be talking about the playoffs, but I know the second we stop recording, I'm going to go finish watching the end of the, um, maybe the Minnesota and Dallas game. It was tied when I looked last, maybe it's going to go into overtime, which uh, would make me feel uh, happy. And so we would be able to, to catch those games, but is there anything else on your mind before we wrap this one up tonight? Oh, I just want to say, like, we haven't had a chance to say anything on social media. I was going to do it tomorrow, probably. But everything happened so quickly. Like, the season ended and then all this news broke. And I just want to say thank you to our listeners and our followers on social media. Like, especially with the kind of growth that you and I have achieved over the course of this season alone. Like, we've we've gotten a lot of new people to to come along with us and through a difficult season, especially like to have people hold on and still be paying attention and um, still be wanting to interact with us and listen to our shows every week. Like I know we say it, but I want you to really hear it listeners, just how much we appreciate that and how much we love being on this journey with all of you. And um, as I said, I think in last week's episode content and stuff and episodes and stuff doesn't stop for us Um, in the off season, we are going to go down to, one episode a week here in a couple of weeks um, just to give ourselves a little bit of a break. And because we're just kind of super busy, (laughs) super busy this summer um, with podcast things and with personal life things. And, um, you know, we're going to be excited to share those uh, with all of you when they happen, but you know, yeah, just a huge thank you to all of you. It's been an up and down season, but in a lot of ways it's been, you know, really interesting to go through and it's been a big growth for us and we've got to accomplish like and achieve things that we didn't think would be possible especially in a season when the team we support isn't doing great so yeah just a big thank you but we'll put out something cute tomorrow um on the socials to say that as well but i just wanted to pass that along to anyone that's listening yeah we really do appreciate you more than words could probably describe and Yeah, it was not always easy to pay attention to this team this year. 
and it probably was even harder to watch those games and then consciously make the decision that you want to listen to two people ramble on about those two games or three games that we needed to cover that night, especially if it was a game that we just got absolutely demolished. And so we appreciate you all for sticking around and being through it with us this season. The good news is the Blue Jackets currently O-O-N-O going into the 2023-2024 season. Uh, could potentially go to 0-1 on May 8th, but uh, the hope is obviously that that does not happen. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you. We appreciate you more than words, and uh, we hope that you have some fun watching some playoff hockey, and hopefully you are taking some time to get excited for us for when we get to talk about the Blue Jackets when they are winning, and you can start to imagine what that life is going to feel like as you watch as you watch other teams take on the adventure. So yeah. And all of our off season content, we've got some exciting things coming up and obviously we're going to be here to discuss and share when all of the things happen for the blue jackets. So maybe um, some, uh, maybe some, what's it called? Some live streams for the playoffs potentially. Oh yeah. We, we should do that. They're pretty entertaining. They sure are. They sure are. But but only East Coast teams. I was going to say, no Pacific Standard Time. No Pacific Standard Time. We are strictly East Coast bitches when it comes to doing those. Have to be. (laughs) Simply have to be. But, Laura, I talked about it a little bit earlier. Our listeners can still join us in our NHL Bracket Challenge by uh, joining the league that we created. And so... If you are somebody who's listening to the show and they're like, ah, oh, man, I haven't, I haven't made my picks yet. Trust me. We won't, we forgive you. We, we, you're still welcome here. And the best place for you to find out how you can join us is by following us on social media and Laura, you better than anybody else can tell them where to find them. Yes. You can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at subjectively pod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at subjectively speaking. We do have a beautiful website in which you can also find links to all of these things. And that is subjectivelyspeaking.com. If you would like to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Hopefully adding some new stuff to this over the off season. So keep your eyes open for that. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Particularly if it's Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And again, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know that ratings, reviews, subscriptions, listens, all that sort of stuff helps us to get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. Now we do. And until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, take in playoff hockey is here enjoy it you know don't don't lose your mind on twitter everything will work out i promise uh but until next time make sure you take care of yourselves take care of one another and we'll chat with you all on friday Bye.